Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale stats. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off Lies My Parents Told Me and Dirty Girls. Dusting off those dirty girls. (laughs) Get them off the shelf. They're so dirty. (laughs) We asked, you answered, and Mike has no idea. It's a stacker surprise. To quote Andrew, Buffy the Vampire Slayer has sexual tension you can cut with a knife. And this season we're adding Faith and Robin to the gang and it's they're just they're oozing it. And then like I was thinking about it and really but I'm now I guess Willow and Kennedy are officially a couple, mm-hmm. but this season doesn't isn't like coupley. There's just a lot of like tense looks yeah. at each other. And, you know, we make a lot of jokes about theoretical shippers. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know for reals. I asked the stackers, what is your favorite theoretical Buffy the Vampire Slayer relationship? Okay. For example, Don and Jonathan. Donathan. Faith and Spike. Spaith. Maybe Anya and Willow. Anya. It's Anya. <laughs> Uh, so on Twitter, Luke said him and Don. Ooh. No, but for real. Uh, Faith and Oz. Oh. You ca- I can see it. Cause like, I mean, he's like a band guy. And like, neither one of them are really talkative. I can totally see it working I out. I could see them hooking up. Fair. For sure. Yes. No. I, I guess I didn't define to stackers. I kind of was like, yeah sex like just okay, I mean, yeah. like not necessarily yeah, a long-term relationship yeah. yeah red said andrew and spike i i think andrew would break something uh, <laughs> or glory and faith where they're somehow aware that oh, they were faith and glory <laughs> that's another reason it would work out <laughs> and she said but they have to both be aware that they were in the bring it on universe together which creates even more sexual tension i get <laughs> faith and glory i don't know yeah. I mean, it's fun to picture because they're very attractive women. Mm-hmm. Do we ever establish, I know, like, she thinks she's gorgeous, but does Glory ever really talk about, like, actually having sex as, like, a thing she does? I don't think she does, no. No. I so. also just, I think she's so in love with herself, she could never be attracted to another yeah. being. If there was, like, a her clone or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim said, uh, obviously, I think we're all down for Giles and Joyce being a thing. I mean, obviously. That's not a theoretical relationship, though. That happened. Kirsten said, Joyce and Ethan. No. No, (laughs) Mike's not a fan. (laughs) You upset Mike. No. (laughs) She said, then to really spice up the love triangle, Ethan and Giles could get together, too. That I could get behind. I'm okay with that. Uh, although they were in a rock band in the 70s so that ship has probably already sailed <laughs> that's why they get their, their meetings are so tense one of them is heartbroken mike which one is heartbroken uh, well, i think it's ethan it explains everything yes yeah, so ryan does he's just acting out oh poor ethan oh the whole world would be in chaos like my heart 
Ellie said, I really like Anya and Giles. I do, too. I really think that would work. And Diana agrees. She said, Cordy and Gunn, but runner-up, Giles and Anya. Hmm. Cordy and Gunn. I've not thought about that one, but... I'm trying to think. They they both go through, like, such, like, dramatic changes in where they are as characters. That's a good point. It's like, at what point... At what point would they be getting together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Megan S. says... Faith and Buffy had something, as did Faith and Spike. What about Xander and Andrew? Xandrew? That, I mean, they have a bond over shared interests. That could be a thing. So that kicked off our Mm. Faith and Buffy themed answers. Pretty much everyone Mm. responded with Faith and Buffy. And I think we all can agree that that also kind of is just a thing. Like they, mm. they have, they maybe have never acted on it. There's, there's some, uh, some underlying chemistry there. There's a little, yeah, they don't even, they, they've never put words to it, but, mm. Mm, yeah. I think Faith would be totally up for it. Faith would be totally down. Buffy's just got to be like a little less repressed, but yes. <laughs> Kyle said, I could see Faith seducing Dawn just to get at Buffy. Oh. Oh, that would be rough. That would be rough. Also, age difference. Well, yeah, and also, again, very important when that happens. (laughs) That's true. If it's like season nine, sure. (laughs) Season five, no. Gross. No. (laughs) You go to double prison. (laughs) That's true. Raven said Fred and Willow. Oh. I want that to be a theme. Yeah. I want that. Oh, that would be... that would you know, be the here's the thing, too, adorable. too adorable. Yeah, it just it would just like we die of cuteness. Yeah, or like it would like you would like curdle you into be like, no, I hate it now. <laughs> you just you uh uh I want to say Garfunkel, it's a Gargamel. You Gargamel. Gargamel. Uh, she says my head cannon is Fred saved is saved from Illyria by Willow, and they live Ooh. happily ever after. Uh, um, I guess also spoilers on season five of Angel. Susan on Twitter said Buffy and Faith, obs, yeah. Riley and Gramped. I mean, we I never feel like we got the proper resolution on Gramped. I mean, I, and she also says, can you imagine how jealous Forrest would be? Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, not now. Forget Forrest. He was terrible. I loved Gramped, though. You just can't see him through the trees. Oh, uh, any drinks? He drinks when he's proud. Oh, he's dancing now. He's dancing. He's so proud. Uh, Susan also said Willow and Fred as well. And then Susan and Giles. Because everybody wants to be with Giles. How could, how could you not? Gregory said Faith and Buffy 110% had feelings for each other. And if they had just been honest about that with one another and with themselves, theirs might not have been another in the list of romances on this show that ended tragically. Oh. That's the other bad thing about like when you're like, oh, but I want these two people to hook up. But like, oh, no, that means one of them is going to probably die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you should never wish anybody to couple up on a like a Whedon project. <laughs> one of them's going to die. <laughs> and then Paloma topped it all off by saying... How about just an orgy? <laughs> it's just like the 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 vision that Buffy had of all the Uber vamps, but it's all the characters just having sex. Naked. Everybody's naked. <laughs> Snyder's to, there. I have to say, Fish this jocks. is <laughs> This is the most response we've Queller ever, demon. Oh my god. <laughs> 
This is the most response we've ever had to a stacker surprise. <laughs> Y'all are some perverts. Yep. <laughs> okay, we found our target demographic. Sweet spot. Curves. Got it. Got it. Uh, good thing we're doing dirty girls. <laughs> I mean, I may have planned it. <laughs> now let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on Lies My Parents Told Me. We get a flashback to New York City, 1977. Feels very Batman-y to me. It does, yeah. More like like the like the 70s comics. Oh, like where he's got like the like like I think it's the kind of the tallest his ears had been, where they're still like little points, and he's like uh, still like very blue, but like more muscular. I forget, maybe it was Jim Lee. I forget who the artist was who did a lot in the 70s. Who like it's a very distinctive era of Batman. Cool. Yeah. You've gone above my head, but it I mean, I, awesome. I probably got the name wrong. Stackers, please beat me up over it. But so this is prior to them in the subway. They're in Central Park, I think, in the rain, and little Robin is watching from a park Aww. bench. It's so cute. It's a little wood, and it's so interesting that him being there actually saves his mom's life because mm. just as, Sp- as Spike is like, you know, got the upper hand yeah. on Nikki, he knocks over a trash can, which gives Nikki the distraction to beat mm-hmm. Spike. So really, what you're saying is bring along children when you're having fights. Oh, yeah. No, the children should be around all of the the most graphic physical violence oh, just as a safety net. You know, you got to keep some spontaneity in there. They're going to knock over shit, make noise. You want that in a good fight. I really like this move where Spike catches the flying steak. <laughs> Fuck Yeah. It's just on the edge for me of being a little too cheesy, but it it, it skirts it just enough. I ugh, no mm, chills. So after the fight, Nikki's lesson to her son is always got to work the mission, mm-hmm. which will be a theme this episode, possibly a lesson. What? So more than just the logistics of babysitters every night, I just started like thinking about how hard it would be to be a mom and a slayer. Yeah. Just because of this, because like, you know, we find on this episode, like because she's a slayer, she has to make slaying her number one priority. Mm-hmm. And for most moms, yeah. they'd say that's their kid. At least they'd tell me that. Like if I think if I asked most moms, they'd at least lie and tell me yeah. it's their child. So like how hard that must be in, as an internal struggle of mm-hmm. like. Well, especially as a single parent, because it's not exactly. like you have, you have like a, a significant other to be like. I've got to go save the world. Please take care of Robin for me. It's like, I guess, hey, babysitter, I hope you're cool because I might die tonight. Right. And like, it's hard on a single parent, you know, for anyone when you have to go to work and your sitter calls in sick and you're like, Mm -hmm. well, shit, how am I going to handle that? But when you're about to have a mortal fight in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. to have to tag along your, uh, how old do you think he is? Seven? Uh, Question mark. I can't tell kids ages. Yeah. He's short. He's very, very short. Um, I mean, that just pre preteen. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting to think about. It was reminding me of Buffy with Dawn season five and how mm. she didn't do what Nikki's doing here, where Nikki is making the mission the her first priority, mm. and in season five, Buffy is just like, no, I would not sacrifice Dawn to save the world. Also, I think it must be said that seventies uh, coolest time to be like. 
a black vampire hunter because the style is like really on your side there. Oh, she looks amazing. Yeah, she looks fantastic. It's the period where Blade looks the coolest. <laughs> uh, it's when Blackula came out. So, I mean, come on. I no, I love her. She is, I mean, even despite just 70s funk coolness, mm-hmm. she's just a gorgeous human. Well, yeah, that too. So we cut to modern day Robin fighting vamps with Spike and Buffy. Buffy is wearing a white sweater. <gasps> Spike stakes the vamp with the twirly moves we saw in the subway. A uh, little homage. I love this. And they don't really draw attention to mm-hmm. it. And yeah. like Robin wasn't in the subway, so he doesn't know. But yeah. oh, just because like, I love that subway scene, yeah. but like I'm immediately just like, oh, oh, it's the subway baton twirling. <laughs> I love it. So Spike saves Robin's life. And Robin's so grateful. He's so happy about it that he grips the stake so hard that his hand bleeds. That's why he's gripping that so hard, right? Yeah, it's out of it just satisfaction. Gratitude. Just super grateful. <laughs> this I thought that was kind of cool. The whole, you know, he's just so broad. I want to kill this guy. The next day at school, Buffy wearing a different white shirt. <gasps> Bum, bum, bum. That's two. In like the first three scenes, we got two different sweaters. We got two action sequences and two sweaters. <laughs> the seal is quieter, but Buffy doesn't think the fight is over. Which I kind of like that they're talking about this because it mm-hmm. does seem right that it's been like, I mean, like, it's only been like one and a half episodes since we've talked about it, I guess. But like, you know, the first hasn't shown up in a while. Even when they yeah. were talking about closing the seal and the bringers and the students going crazy, we didn't see the first. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the scene that they're just touching me. It's like, hey, we closed the seal. But just a reminder, first is still out oh, there. First still hanging out. <laughs> She's still a little flirty with Robin. A little flirty. A little bit. That will end after this episode for I, I sure. why. <laughs> And he tells her, you remind me of my mom. Aww. It's it's a sweet moment. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know she says, like, well, that's something you usually want to hear from a guy. But, like, I still think it's a compliment. As long as someone likes their mom. mom. Yeah, sure. As long as someone likes their mom, then I feel like that's a very touching thing. Yeah. Giles rushes in because, oh, no, everything is terrible. The library is only computers. Not a book to be seen. (laughs) Uh, he says the coven has confirmed that the first has not been defeated, which means he was in England. That's where he's been. I guess. No. And like looking for potentials, just buying new coats. It makes sense that he was there. It's just weird that they didn't mention anything. Or if they did, it was in such passing that we both completely missed it. Even though I was straight up looking for yeah. it. Uh, so he went back to England, uh, not to look for potentials or buy a fancy new coat, but to get more info on Spike because he's not sure if the trigger has been deactivated. And he said he brought back something to maybe disarm it. Smash cut too. Uh, they're chaining Spike back up in the basement. <laughs> getting so much use out of those bachelor shackles, guys. <laughs> and Xander, he wishes those shackles had stayed up. Yeah. Would have been fun. So they need to find out what's in Spike's subconscious that is triggering the reaction. So, ah, ah, ah. Giles has this friggin' stone mm-hmm. that he's going to put in his brain. 
and the brain, the stone won't solve it, but it will at least let us know like what in your subconscious makes this trigger work for you, which is interesting because basically they're just like, this is therapy, right? This is, I don't know if this is, um, what's that one where they confront you with your fears? Aversion? That one. Yeah. I, I don't know if it would be technically that or just like, I don't know the different types of therapy. It's a rock slug therapy. Rock slug therapy. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. I just think that's interesting that they're like, the way we're going to do this is through magic. It's therapy, guys. He's going through therapy. <laughs> it's just really expensive magic-based therapy. That. Uh, so this, uh, this stone becomes a CGI slug. Mm-hmm. But it goes, when they're like, we need to put it in your brain. I'm like, great. It's the ears. Like, like Star Trek. Yeah. Right? This is Wrath of Khan. I've seen that. I hate that scene. I close my eyes because it's, <laughs> oh, it's so terrifying. It's so gross. Say, is that your favorite Star Trek? Uh, it's a great movie, but oh, just that part with the ears. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't. No. No. Not in the ears. It is eye. It is fucking eye. It's like contact. I don't wear contacts. That Don't touch my eye. And then you can see it. You can see the like one mm. inch thick bulb rustling around it. It's just like a pimple. It's very effective. No, I hate it. Uh, Spike travels back in his memories to William the bloody awful uh, poet's bloody awful poetry. Betwixt. He's reciting to mom. Uh, and she says to him, like she first off pretends that she likes his poetry, which mm-hmm. you're a good mom. Yeah. Good for you. It's terrible. Uh, but she says to him, you need a woman in your life. And he says, I have one. You. Gross, dude. Bad side. Gross. Referring to your mom as the woman in your life. Nope. Bad side. Referring to your mom as mother. Even worse. Don't do that. No, that is a sure sign that you will be a killer in the future. <laughs> and hey, what's he become in the future? A killer. A mass killer. Yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's sick. She's coughing up blood. We already talked about this. Hashtag Sunnydale syphilis. <laughs> Tim used that hashtag. Thank you very much. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> I think that's... Uh, you guys want that to be the new name of the show? Hashtag Sunnydale syphilis? No, God. We want people to listen. <laughs> I mean, I think the curiosity vote. What could this be about? <laughs> And all the people who just listen to, like, every syphilis podcast. Oh, yeah. It's a very popular genre. (laughs) It's catching. Uh, (laughs) So mom sings uh, early one morning. And we see, we cut to presence times where the memory triggers him to vamp out and attack everybody. Yeah. Good shot. Yeah. The the transfer and then. Yeah. Like, it's really close up on his face and you Mm -hmm. still think. He's in present times and we cut back and it's, and he goes after everybody and he looks very threatening here. And this is effective Mm -hmm. that like, he hits Dawn. That's a big deal. Clock the niblet. Yep. And then the stone falls out of his eye. Thank God. Mm -hmm. So now Spike's agitated. He wants out of the shackles. Just interesting because earlier in the season, he was just like, you have to chain me up. I'm dangerous. And now I, it's like, you can, it's interesting how the emotion has like, is making him antsy and like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. It was my mom, whatever. Like, Get yeah. me out of here. And then it's also interesting how like, at, this is the only point at which Buffy's like, oh, I mean, maybe sit down and rest for a while with the shackles on. 
Yeah, just you know, get the easy uh, safeguard uh, comfort wrist shackles. Or do now. <laughs> easy comfort wrist. That's catchy, right? Yeah. Almost as catchy as syphilis. Nah. Bringing it back. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the gang upstairs is upset that they've been living with a potential killer this whole time. Okay. That's, I mean, uh, yeah. I get it. That's fine. I, I mean, do you think they all know that Willow went dark? Yeah. I mean, if they're like, oh, this person could turn evil and kill people. It's like, well, that's pretty much everyone you're living with. I mean, also that. Yeah. Yeah. Anya's feeling chesty, taking it a little personally, like, mm. oh, yeah, but if he killed, I bet if he killed a whole frat, they'd be fine with it and not at all stab him through the heart with a sword. Yeah. I mean, but that's it. That doesn't kill her. It does. I do like that. I, I like that she addresses it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah. And Fred calls Willow from LA. It's the crossover phone. <laughs> that is all that phone's used for. Yep. Oh, oh, okay, I guess. The crossover phone. I want it to have like an angel that lights up when it goes it's, off. It's like it's like the red from like the 60s Batman. It's like yeah. a red phone, but it's got the angel insignia. Yes. Yeah. So flashback to Spike bringing Drew home. Sweet Willie. I like that you can immediately tell he's a different person. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's a little bit from costume choices, yeah. but it's mostly from acting. Did you hear on the commentary, he talks about how he would constantly have to re-ruffle the collar because the costume people kept trying to fix it? Ah. <laughs> no, goddammit. It's like, no, this is a choice. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and it wasn't until rewatching it that I realized just how funny it is, how Drew is blowing on his face. And like, it's supposed to be kind of like sexy, but it's just like, that'd be so awkward. Just be like, I'd be, I wouldn't like it. Like your breath, oh, yeah, your breath is hot. Get off me. Well, Although, oh. It wouldn't be hot because vampire. vampires doesn't breathe. Yeah, I get. How would you? What are you doing then? It would just be like cold air, wouldn't it? Just like. I guess. Like chilly breeze. I'm not. Now, like what? But I guess there's technically air in their lungs just from like existing. Well, yeah, I think like... So she's just pushing air... The way I've always understood is they can use their lungs, but they don't need to. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's not like they, they, they need to take in oxygen, but their lungs still can push air in and out. Okay. So yeah, it would just be room temperature. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. My brain just immediately was like, shut down, stop, figure out the science of it. <laughs> Very interesting. So even without a soul, he won't leave mother... Mother. Mother. Uh, <laughs> I do like the line of like, you'll like her. Like, to eat, you mean? <laughs> like the look on Drew's face of like, what? <laughs> yeah, dingus. You want to take your mother with us? <laughs> uh, and, but then, okay, when she says, I'm the other that gave birth to your son. Ew! <laughs> Gross! Yep. You clearly just boned. Mm-hmm. You're clearly gonna bone again in five minutes. Yeah. I just give birth to your son. Ew! Well, that's what Drew was upset about. She's like, there's only one room for one mama on this ship. Ew! <laughs> so many issues. <laughs> you guys really need this therapy. Ooh, I got a little stone for you. <laughs> so he wants to turn mom... Uh, into a vampire so she'll live forever and not be sick anymore this and that also like 
I understand like the motivation is sweet, but because we've established that turning someone into a vampire is like just inherently sexual. Mm. And I don't know if it has to be, but the show has sexualized it so much that like, ugh, ugh, ugh. And, yeah, I can't overcome the like, gr- the, the, what's that word that Ch- I, chomping? <laughs> what's the word? Um, with the badness, uh, shit. Oh, with the badness. <laughs> what's that word? <laughs> I don't know what badness is. I don't a even want to say it. When two family members. Incest? <laughs> oh, the badness. Is that some weird euphemism your family used? It's so gross. With like, oh, we don't talk about cousin Ronnie. He has the badness. It's so gross. I don't even want to describe it <laughs> other than like the bad thing. <laughs> I'm die. so grossed, grossed out by the like idea of this being kind of incestuous that I can't even get to the point where it might be sweet that he doesn't want his mom to be sick anymore. Mm. Like I'm just stuck. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like incest, but not, but it is. He really should ask Drew to do it. I don't think Drew would. He should have asked. I think Drew would have drained her completely and been like, whoopsie. Uh-oh. Did I do that? <laughs> yes, that's where the Urkel learned the catchphrase. So Willow leaves for L.A. and Buffy releases Spike. And then Robin talks to Giles. Mm. They know the first isn't done with Spike. Which, I mean, we straight up know. Like, yeah. he's told Andrew that. It's totally Andrew that. Which means the first will use that trigger eventually. Mm-hmm. So it is a problem. Like, yeah. that is a good point. Yes. Giles figures out Batman's backstory. I'm sorry, Robin. And uh, questions no, his motives. No, Robin's backstory is different from Batman. <laughs> That's very confusing. Yeah. That his name's Robin, but he That's has Batman's backstory. I usually backstory. refer to him as Wood because I cannot not think of Batman <laughs> Robin. It feels so formal that I call everyone else by their first names. And then he, he's always Principal Wood. I just say wood because also it sounds like a boner. <laughs> uh, so they uh, want to take him out, you know, for the greater good. Neither of them mm-hmm. at all has personal vendetta. So he tells Buffy to look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the uh, All I do is look at the big picture. The other day I gave an inspirational speech to the telephone repairman. Well, they had to fix that crossover phone. Of course. I mean, you got to have that working. So a vamp pops out. I do like this. Like in mm. the foreground, the hand pops out. So we're, we know we're going to get a fight. Yeah. Very exciting. Meanwhile, Robin leads Spike to a dark garage. See, if he were a girl, he'd know better. Mm. No bars without windows. No d- str- following strangers into dark garages. Just no. That's where his man cave is, bro. Uh, and there are crosses everywhere. That yeah, doesn't look crazy at all. Nope. Not at all. Robin reveals to Spike who he is, and then he ties this... Speaking of Batman, okay. So the Dark Knight returns, He, you know, his, like, magic knee? Dark Knight rises? Yeah, sure. Um, He don't remember the magic knee? He Mm -hmm. ties the brain... He does the same... Robin does the same thing with his hands here, and that's fucking cheating. (laughs) I mean, I think the... When I'm, when I assume the theories behind Robin's thing, Woods, is, uh, that it's like to keep the arm straight and to like make sure all the force goes into the punch. I think so. I mean, like, yeah, so you don't like bend your wrist yeah. and like, but it still feels, it's like 
weighted. It's got metal mm-hmm. at the knuckles so he doesn't burst open his precious knuckles. Like, fuck you and your pretty little hands that you're like, I'm going to kill this dude, but also don't ruin my manicure. Also, he's he's fighting a vampire with superhuman strength, and he's just like a, a buff dude. He's taken out a bunch of vampires before. That's cheating. But not one that's like specifically good at killing slayers and people who fight vampires. He's cheating. Robin's a dick. <laughs> so is Buffy cheating when she brings her own steak? No. <laughs> a vampire has teeth. She needs a steak. They each get a weapon. Well, he's got a weapon. He's, he's got the, the punchies. Nope. Robin's a dick. I no longer like him in this scene. Well, I was really terrified because I thought, given the time period that he was on his computer opening up, cause, Oh, is that what he brought up? No, it was iTunes. It was iTunes. Okay. He does take a long time to load that fucking song. Get a new computer, dude. Well, it does seem like if you specifically, and also, just having it on, like, a desktop computer seems like Spike could have just thrown something and that computer could have, like, failed. Yeah. Doesn't seem that secure. So, anyway, he plays the song. I really like the cinematography here. Like, okay, mm-hmm. there's a big lead up to him playing the song. But you get these really intense close-ups on Robin's eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's very, this, like... This whole kind of, like, weird, like, samurai revenge feel to the whole story that I kind of really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So flashback to William's mom doing much better. <laughs> he says the same thing to her that he said to Buffy in the basement. Look at you. You're glowing. Aww. Uh, but mom is sick of William. Bum, bum. So this flashback is intercut between Robin's fight with Spike. I like that, like, you know, Giles said that Spike needs to work out his issues with the song. So we, mm-hmm. that is really driven home in this. The idea yeah. that, like... As he's remembering this gross, terrible shit happening with his mother, he's taking his aggression out on Robin. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I think it it works so well. Yeah. So we see his rage as Spike while William's mother is saying she should have killed him as a baby. Just some of my my favorite best hits of uh, Spike's mom. Uh, Anne is what she's credited as, which also another Mm -hmm. connection. Yes. Um... Uh, which talks about him having slithered from me. Ugh. Uh, the mental image says that, uh, he just wanted her as a captive audience. And of course, calling him a limp sentimental fool, which now like all of his posture and like, I'm a big bad. You mm-hmm. can see now that like it's partly because he like his mother, I think called him limp that he's like, I'm not limp. I'm tough, yo. <laughs> But it's it's it, he always betray, betrays it though to it to his true character. So it, it, yeah, I think this is great, great backstory that like it could have easily felt very tacked on. Like, well, we never talked about his mother before. Mm, yeah, but it it doesn't feel that way. It feels like oh, this makes sense. This is oh, a missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah, such a yeah. great character moment. Mm-hmm. So Buffy's fighting a vamp, but Giles doesn't want her to kill it because mm-hmm. Richard does seem nice. Richard does seem nice. And he asks, uh, faced with the choice to sacrifice Dawn again, mm-hmm. he'd let her die. Yeah. Knowing what you know now. And she says, yes, that's true. Why? I don't see that change in Buffy. I don't understand what has changed for Buffy. That if we went through the same fight as in season five, she'd make a different decision. 
maybe you could make the argument that since she's seen so many of her friends cause destruction, whether it be like Anya going back to being a demon, Willow nearly destroying the world, that the idea of knowing that in some way someone close to her, their, their existence or their, they're not dying caused such harm. She has more of a context for that now of where it's not just like this theoretical thing of, you know, somebody I love, but I, I don't want to hurt them because like, because of the, their love could make the argument. Well, Angel kind of covered that, but it's a different thing when it's like a family as, as opposed to like a lover. Bleh. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I can see that. Like maybe cause I was thinking the idea of like dying and coming back. I'm like, that actually made her a colder person, but I can mm. maybe, yeah, I can see what you're saying about like the fight with Willow. Yeah. Kind of at, at that point, she kind of was like, I'm, this is my best friend, but I see yeah. that I have to be willing to she sees, save the world. Guess what? The big picture. <laughs> uh, she says that she understands that anyone could be expendable, but then there's Spike. And then there's Spike. And then there's Spike. <laughs> Robin has beaten Spike until he's unconscious and steals the duster. What a double ooh, fuck you. Ooh, that's, 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 yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of badass. I that is, say. yeah. It's like, yeah, this is my mom. I'm going to steal this back. Also, I'm going to put on my little shirt. <laughs> Spike's mom getting real creepy. Yeah. That's... The badness. <laughs> that's the badness right there. <laughs> First, she prayed for Spike to find a girl. Now she's implying that no other woman will satisfy Spike mm-hmm. because they're not her. Ugh. And the worst thing she fucking says, all you ever wanted was to be back inside. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, God, the motion Mike just made, you guys. <laughs> They'll never know. Because he was climbing out like a meerkat. <laughs> oh. uh, okay, this is effective. Yeah. It's very effective because I feel like for this episode so to work, we have to understand why Spike had all these issues, mm-hmm. which, yeah, anyone would after having these interactions with their mother. Why you could trigger something that would overcome both the soul and the chip. Right. Yeah. Um, and something that she does that's so disgusting and awful and mean and terrible that when he stakes her now, mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, do that. Yeah. I no longer like saving your sweet mother. Mm-hmm. Kill that bitch. Kill that disgusting, incestuous, nasty, nasty lady. Um, what was my point? <laughs> <laughs> so while I think it's effective, mm. the opposite side of this is like, she's just wrong. I in no way accept the idea that like Spike had sexual feelings for his mother or William did. I think he was a clingy wuss. But I could also see how um, that would be a sensitive subject for him because i'm sure that's something he encountered even if it's not like ever been spoken he probably got like sideways glances his whole sure, life about yeah. it but like he's a little close to his mother yeah and like being a mama's mm-hmm. boy but like even through all the bullying he always had her mm-hmm. and then she turned on him yeah. like i get all the issues I, I just i she's wrong she's wrong and she deserved to be staked 
So no uh, hashtag justice for Anne. Ugh. No. Bitch goes down. Because of the badness. Come on, bitch. <laughs> Try to stand up now that you're dust. You can't because you're dust. Ooh. Mm. I'm going to put you in a dust s- sandwich. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, then yeah. she will, she'll be inside him. <laughs> oh, that's what he really wanted. Uh-huh. So Spike's in the present day. Spike is back. Mm-hmm. And he says to Robin, unlike you, I had a mother who loved me back. Low blow, but dude, Burn. that is also not true. That's, I get you're trying to hurt Robin's feelings, yeah. but like, I do believe Nikki loved mm-hmm. Robin. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's, it's an effective use of, I'm sure an insecurity or fear that, yeah. that he's had. Yes. Um, I do want to point out that I definitely did get a little bit of a, uh, Batman v Superman flashback with, uh, Spike on the floor when he just says, I'm sorry. And then I'm like, Oh, but this isn't dumb because then that doesn't cause the other one to be like, what? Your mother's name is Martha? <laughs> yeah, much better than Martha. <laughs> so the anger Spike was holding on to about the terrible stuff his mom said he can let go of now. Mm-hmm. And since he can let go of that and his issues, uh, the tr- trigger no longer works. And he understands that that was the vampire talking, yeah. not his mother. His mother was a nice lady. Yeah. She pretended to like his poetry like any good mom would. Mm-hmm. So the trigger's fixed. Meanwhile, Buffy realized that Giles is stalling her. Bum, bum, bum. But she gets there and Spike has let Robin live. Yeah. I like that Buffy bonds with Robin over lost mothers. Yeah. That's a nice, a moment. nice moment. Before basically threatening to let him die. Yeah. If you try anything again, I'll let Spike kill you. And she tells him, the mission is what matters. No! That's... That's gotta be a turnoff. This is like, uh, let's just deal with his mom shit. Now you said something that my mom would say. Really, and she really does remind him of his mother. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and then, little end scene, little fuck you to Giles. Buffy, totally Corleone's his ass. Buffy tells him, I think you've taught me everything I need to know. Oh, harsh. Mm-mm. So, what's the lesson in Lies My Parents Told Me? Parents are people, too, mm-hmm. and they're flawed, and they make mistakes, and sometimes they're assholes, and they care about other things than just their kids, and sometimes you are not the most important thing going on in their life, and this is an interesting time to bring this up, thinking about mm-hmm. that at Buffy's age, she's in her mid-20s, that's some time when, like, sometimes this is when people are figuring that out for the first time, yeah. that, like, oh, I'm an adult now, and yeah. I can see my parent is just another adult yeah yeah especially when you when you get out of the context of them always being like your adult at home it's like and assuming you don't have any younger siblings who are still at home when they're just being people by themselves Mm -hmm. it's a much different context to to see them just oh they're just like living lives like everybody else does yeah they're not just my mom 24 7 i remember when my uh brother and i had both moved out i'm younger so he was used to mom being a mom for longer because I was, um, you know, still in high school. Yeah. After we both moved out, he was very surprised. Like the first time that he just popped over one night, assuming like, oh, I'll just eat whatever mom's cooking for dinner. And yeah. she was on her way out the door for a date with dad. And yeah. she was just like, I didn't cook you dinner. You go figure out your own dinner. I don't necessarily cook for you every night just because you don't live I don't, here anymore. I don't cook in case you come over. <laughs> yeah, you don't live here anymore. We have a date. You go away. <laughs> uh, 
I just want to mention one thing. I I have no corroboration of this, but I swear the garage Robin uses is the same garage as Biff Tannen has <laughs> Back to the Future Part 2. It reminds me of it so much. I feel like it must be the same. It's probably not. But every time I see this episode, I think about that. And it bugs me that I've never been able to find proof either way. <laughs> same universe. Yep. Clearly. Yep. It wasn't time travel. It was magic. Oh, yeah. The DeLorean was magic. I mean, Mr. Fusion does sound a little bit more like magic. I think so. So what do you think about this one? Uh, I think it's a great ep, like a, one of the best of the season. think in a lot of ways it can stand toe-to-toe with, you know, a lot of the great episodes of Buffy. And I think part of that, what helps is that it's a good flashback <laughs> episode, Spike-centric, learning about one of the, the most interesting characters, their backstory tying it into what's happening in the season in a way that feels mm-hmm. natural and actually having like a lot of character moments for several characters. They grow and change. Like mm-hmm. every character is changed by the end of this episode mm-hmm. of like the four main characters I'd say that are in it. So it's, I, I just think it's, it's definitely one of the best of the season. I give it my highest rating C plus. Okay. <laughs> I really, I was surprised how much I enjoyed this only because I haven't watched it in a long time Mm -hmm. and I just didn't remember loving it before. I didn't remember disliking. I just didn't remember loving it. And I had such a good time this time. Like this was so great. The way it moved along the plot in season seven while also being like a smaller story, which is a way that we can deal with like, you know, when you have these episodes that deal with these big issues of like the first concept of evil and like, it's hard to get anything really resolved because how can you? That's such a big concept. So by taking these smaller issues of Robin's revenge on Spike and Spike's trigger is still active, you're able to move along the plot of the season while also having mm-hmm. these character moments. You know I love my Spike flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just had a lot of fun and the fighting was really, really great. It's got a cool title that has something to do with what happens in the episode. And there's only a teeny, 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 tiny bit of CGI. Yeah. And most of that is actually pretty decent. Like It still looks shiny, but the yeah. idea of something crawling into my eye is so effective that I'm not looking at the fact that it's shiny goo. And it's the kind of thing where, like, there's not a lot of other great ways to have done that. You can't do that practically. I hope you can't do that practically. Get the fuck away from my eye. I feel like the only way we could do that practice is with like mercury, in which case like uh we wouldn't have James Barsters anymore because we poured mercury <laughs> into his eye. Well, this is also like, you know, get it done was supposed to be his badass coming out moment, and mm. we both agreed that it fell a little flat. This is way more badass. Yeah, I he's don't know. like he's terrifying in this yeah. episode. And then by the end of it, he's got his mojo back, he's got his duster back, and fuck you, Robin. Yeah. I could kill you if I wanted to, but I won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they, honestly, they should have just saved it for this episode. And if, I mean, I don't think it's that crazy for Spike to have worn the duster without becoming badass again. Mm. Or if you need to, just have a thing where like Robin, cause he knows that it's Spike, is looking for evidence and that's maybe something he finds. It's like, this is my mother's jacket. I know it's him. Mm-hmm. And then he brings that to the garage. Yeah. And then like. Doesn't have if, to be a whole moment. Yeah. And if, if, if like, because I don't see why else you would need those to be separate moments. His like, I think they just they really were hoping that get it done was going to be 
more effective of what it was trying to do. Yeah. Whereas this one, I th- it's just better written. I think this was just more mm-hmm. effective of like old Spike is back. Yeah. He's going to kick some ass. Well, and, the, and it's just like, it feels like the other, the other, the get it done moment is more of the Spike posturing as mm. opposed to this where like possibly the most badass moment in the episode is him clicking on a mouse. Oh God. Right. Like, like yeah. And it's that, that's crazy, but it kind of is. Yeah, it's pretty great. Hey, it's uh, time to take a break and hear from our sponsor. Hey, Marty, what's up? Oh, just having trouble with this shirt. I'll say. That is one big pizza stain. Oh, it isn't pizza. It's blood. Blood? I have just the thing. Really? Yes. Buffy's Boffo brand bleach. Buffy's Boffo brand bleach? Buffy's Boffo brand bleach. Is that a bleach endorsed by Sunnydale's original slayer, Buffy Summers? Absolutely. Buffy's Boffo brand bleach has been tested on all sorts of stains the modern slayer encounters. Not just pizza sauce and blood, but caked on dust, demon viscera, and red wine are a worry for the past. You won't ruin your collection of white tops, be them sweaters, tees, tanks, or any of those kind of fluffy, blousey numbers. Wow. For such an effective cleaner, I must have to pay Beverly Hills prices. Not at all. Buffy's Boffo brand bleach is a budget buy. This sounds like a -a one-of-a-kind bleach. You said it. Into every generation, there's a chosen cleaner. One detergent in all the world. It alone will wield the strength and skill to stand against the grime, the dirt, and the forces of dullness. To stop the spread of their staining and the swell of their smudges. It is the bleach. Buffy's Boffo brand bleach. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks. You're welcome. But what about colors? Huh? My non-white clothes. Look, I can't do everything for you, damn it. Whoa, calm down. Sorry, it's just been tough since Jane and I broke up. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. No, no, I'm I'm sorry. I jumped down your throat. It's it's just it, it was a rough breakup, at least for me. Yeah, but you know, listen, if you need to talk about it. No, no, but uh, thanks. I, I just need to take some time to be alone process. Yeah, I get that. You can keep the bleach. Oh, thanks. So that's um, it's Buffy's Buffo brand bleach. Yeah, uh, Buffy's Buffo brand uh, bleach. It's time to put lies my parents told me back on the shelf and open the books on Dirty Girls. a girl running from bringers she stops a passing car it's caleb yay fuck this guy <laughs> well he seems like such a nice fellow well let me watch a little bit more into the episode and see well, that's uh, oh no oh no <laughs> the uh and so she she tells him like i'm running from these guys oh my god go 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 it says did you ever think those freaky guys were chasing you because you're a whore oh that is like the best worst moment it, i remember the first time i saw this and was like oh shit like oh no yeah. like oh oh the, yeah like right up until this it's mm-hmm. very effective if you don't know what's coming yeah. that he's very nice mm-hmm. and just like oh a pastor like yep. he's he, they're usually very nice people mm-hmm. and he's he got there just in the nick of time this is great and it isn't until that more and like he says it so 
congenially yeah. that like it takes you a second to be like, what? That's what makes it so much creepy because like if it was more accusatory, then it could just be like, oh, this is just some backwards ass guy. But it's like it's it's how casually it says it's like, ooh, this is something much worse. Mm-mm. Like and it's that it's the idea that like, oh, you shouldn't find this effective, th- this offensive. This is just a fact that we that, all know. It's just who you it's are. Just that women are whores. They're dirty whores and I need to kill them. <laughs> It's uh, simple math, guys. Uh, okay. So, fair warning. I'm a have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I understand he's the bad guy. I'm supposed to have feelings. Yeah. The episode does a very good job at me being very upset by things mm. that he says. Uh, so, this is the other thing about this, though, is that this is terrifying to me. Just the idea that, mm-hmm. like, you're in trouble. You ask help from someone who looks nice. He's got a preacher's collar on. Yeah. Must be nice. I need your help. But because. There are people out there in the world that believe this shit. Mm-hmm. You might unknowingly encounter them and they might decide to punish you for being a dirty whore. Yeah. And it, oh, this is terrifying. This like brought up feelings for me. Well, and, and one thing that's, that's very specifically always been something that really creeps me out, um, in this opening scene is that idea of just when you think you're safe that you've reached like mm. whatever, that the safety is for you to then have that fall out from under you. Like, um, if you've ever read the play Shahrazad, it's a really intense play that basically starts with a, a rape scene. Mm. And then the rest of the play is the, the woman who was assaulted trying to save her life from this guy who, who's now in her apartment and is just kind of linger there. And there's, there's one part where she, goes out and is talking to a policeman and you could tell the guy almost convinces the policeman that this is just a fight they're having. Oh God. And that like, there's lots of really tense and intense stuff in that show. But to me, that's always been the moment. That's the most terrifying of like, then there's no hope. Yeah. When like, just as you think you're being saved, it just, it just gets pulled away. It's super intense. So he has a message. He wants her to deliver to the slayer. He stabs her, whispers in her ear, and shoves her out of the car. Because behind him, there's someone in that car that we know. Oh, Willow? Willow is in that car. Oh, there's okay. someone else. Yeah. I, <laughs> I read a funny thing. I forget if it was this episode or last episode. Uh, and it was like marked in like a continuity or something. This is the first time we've seen Willow drive a car not using magic. You know what's so funny? <laughs> You're laughing. I was immediately just like, oh, that's so weird. Will is driving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. You don't, okay. you don't think about that. Yeah. Xander's the only one that ever drives. Yeah. Xander and Giles. Yeah. Uh, so Faith. Faith gets out of the car. Faith faith, faith. 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 Just gotta have faith. 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 I miss this bitch. Yeah. I use that term like affectionately. Yeah. I love her. I love no. her. She's such a... Uh, uh, Ugh. So you're not using the come on, bitch, way? I'm like, bitch, you my bitch. <laughs> uh, I do feel like she should be a little less nonchalant about the dying girl at her feet. I think getting shanked is prison, in prison is fairly uh, common. Also, I, she doesn't seem nonchalant to me, just like, I don't know. Where, I, uh, I think she's weary. I don't know. I'm so excited to see her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Xander is talking <laughs> in bed. Say, don't you dare. With a potential. 
she's very scared and he's being mm-hmm. very nice. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, I'm so young. I've never even had a real boyfriend. Uh-oh. I've never even been with a man. Uh-oh. And then there's magically another potential there. Whoop. Me either. Who is that one girl from the OC? I just mentioned that because I feel like we'll get yelled at if we don't. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't. I've never watched that. Okay. It's ne- <laughs> neither have I. <laughs> California. <laughs> here we go. I'm assuming that's a theme song again. I've never, I've honestly. <laughs> I mean, never. I just heard about that from a friend. So then this becomes, I've never been with her in front of a man before. Xander, shame on you. Your <laughs> dirty, dirty, naughty <laughs> thoughts. He's the real dirty girl of the episode. He really is. He's like, it's this episode. It feels like they're giving Xander a lot of moments because he's going to have a bad time mm-hmm. at the end of it. Yeah. In like next episode too. So I feel like it's just like, we got to give Nicholas some happy stuff Mm -hmm. to do. And which is why when they cut to the next room and they're having a slow-mo pillow fight in this giant room that shouldn't exist. I laughed so hard in my computer. (laughs) Uh. One thing I won't be able to not think about um, listening to the commentary track is when he talks about how, yeah, it's all sexy and slow-mo. But when you're actually there, it, you feel really bad because it's just like they're just breathing in all sorts of feathers. <laughs> Ew. It's like, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. Ooh, that would be awful. That's like the color runs when you're like, you know, it seems fun. But then you, when you run through the chalk, you have to like hold your yeah. hand over your mouth because chalk. Yeah, not, not <laughs> meant to be in your mouth. No. Oh, that's funny because I was thinking I thought you were going to say that like, you know, in, sl- in slow-mo, it looks all like sexy and soft. But like in real life. Mm. <laughs> it's just, mm. it just it kind of seems a little more violent yeah. when it's not in slow-mo in an episode where we have like talk about girls being whores mm-hmm. and dirty and fuck off caleb yeah. i'm not really feeling this scene for xander it kind of makes me upset because the idea that like he's turned on i understand like him being turned on by young attractive women mm-hmm. Sure, he has a penis. That sure, um, but like he also seems to be turned down by them being very helpless. I'm like, I need help. Poor me. I need you to protect me because I'm so scared. I find upsetting. I mean, I think that's a very common thing. Even that upsets me. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh. well, I think that's part of the point the show is making about how like what the male gaze does to. To women into like society as a whole. It's like yeah. a big part of the episode is is how how men skewed views of women uh, are really detrimental to everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. I just got upset. Uh, so in reality, the toilet is backed up, which is also just great. Mm-hmm. Like so attractive. Uh, pillow fight. Hey, you need to go clean up literal poo. <laughs> We shat too much in your toilet. <laughs> Shannon is alive, mm-hmm. but she's in surgery. Uh, are we totally uh, walking over the leg cramp boner joke? Yes. <laughs> it's guess. great. I love it. That's also a theme in Buffy that anytime someone has a, like, you know, when like Spike mm-hmm. was grinding on Buffy like yep. a creepo and he was like, I have a leg cramp. Uh, so Faith is a little upset. 
why didn't you tell me about the first plan to end the Slayer line? Mm-hmm. It's a really good fucking question. Yeah. And I, she like has a little pity party and she says, I get it. Buffy's the important one. But help me with the math here. Because I feel like, mm, no, Faith is the important one. Because we've established that if Buffy dies mm-hmm. now, yeah. another potential is not called mm-hmm. because she died in season five. Yeah. No one was called. She's had her chance. That's how we got I Faith. I feel like the, what they should have done is just like retconned in. And it could have even been a flashback how like somebody else was called when Buffy died again. Because they keep like treating her as like the real Slayer just because she's the one who didn't end up in prison. It's like. because I mean, like the first one, fine. Yeah. But, but like. like if Faith dies, then the Slayer line continues. So mm-hmm. l- it has to be yeah. kill all the potentials, kill Buffy. Mm-hmm. Faith has to be last. She's the important one. Yeah. I have no problem with them being like, you were in prison. We thought you were safe. Yeah. She points out this is a stupid argument, but I can also see why they think like she's in a cell. No bringer can get to her there. We've all watched the prison shows. We know it's not safe in yeah. there. So at this point, like, I just realized I was like, had the biggest fucking smile on my faith, faith, my faith, ah, <laughs> on your faith, on my faith, on my face. I love faith so much. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of breathing in the fresh air to everything. Yeah. And I know part of the problem sometimes with season seven is it gets crowded. Mm-hmm. You've got the regular Scoobies plus the potentials plus Robin plus faith plus Caleb, plus the first, and all the ringers. And there's just a lot of people. But I just, I feel like we needed Faith. Mm-hmm. We needed someone who's not like so super serious, beachy fine all the time. Yeah. And like, she brings back some much needed sarcasm. She brings mm-hmm. out funner aspects of other characters. So everyone's interactions are just a little bit. Yeah. I just, oh. Well, it's like in in a funny way, she's serving more of the role that early on Cordelia did and for a while Anya did. But now since Anya's got like weird serious baggage now that she's like an ex ex demon who like recently was responsible for killing a bunch of people and is kind of still dealing with that and uh horribly ended relationship with Xander. Like mm. she's gotten a little too heavy in some ways where it's like Faith's like, I've done my time. I'm not about feeling guilty got through all that shit on angel let's just have some fun oh i love faith i love her so she goes to find buffy while patrolling we see a girl running through the cemetery chased by spike (gasps) but it's okay because faith's to the rescue i love this fight because it's such like that comic book trope of we have to have two heroes who think the other one is a villain and then they fight batman v superman um i was just so excited because like my two favorite characters in the whole show. <laughs> and it's interesting. Like they're both really hot. Yep. They're both very sexual characters, but you put them in a scene together and I don't want to see them bang. I just want to see them fight. Like this is like a dream come true. Like, yeah, punch each other <laughs> because they're such good fighters. No, yeah. And I, Oh, and the, the, the insulty quippy ban- mm-hmm. banter back and forth. I love it. I was like literally bouncing up and down in my chair going fight, 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 fight. <laughs> And I like the callback to, oh, we've met before when, with the body Ooh. switch. The, I, I'm going to have trouble not quoting the entire scene yeah. here. There's so many good lines. I reformed way before you did. Like, Do you think I'm stupid? Well, yeah. Yeah. 
Are you the bad slayer now? Am I the good slayer? That's, when I think of this episode immediately, I'm <laughs> like, if someone says Dirty Girls, I'm like, are, I, are you the bad slayer now? Am I the good slayer? That's my favorite part because like her face, when she tries to take in like, she's a little excited, but oh, that's a lot of pressure. Ooh, I'm a good slayer. Oh, <laughs> like, so he's like Angel? No. I'm nothing like Angel. <laughs> Very he's, different cuddling. Oh, he is just the the most upset he could be about <laughs> nothing like Angel. It's such a good scene. I love it so much. As it turns out, that girl that Chase, that Chase was spiking. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't form sentences. You know that classic Buffy character, Chase? <laughs> that girl that Spike was chasing was a vampire. Uh, I love watching Faith's fight. I love wa- hearing her talk. I would watch her fucking chew. Just everything she does is interesting. I just well, there's some Dallas episodes I can show you. Snap. I feel bad because I actually like Dallas a lot more than I think people gave it credit for. It was slow oh, to I start, agree. but I agree. I feel like it it had some flaws from the beginning that they could have if they had thought about it. Anyways, well, never mind. Uh so Faith and John now know each other because of the rewritten history, even though we never saw Dawn in season three. Uh, it makes me kind of want to see a season three with Dawn, right? Yeah. I, Because I, we're so far away from it now. Do everyone still have to be reminded, like, yeah, to everyone else, Dawn existed the whole time. Yeah. Everything happened and Dawn was, like, there. Yeah. Just in the background being like, hi, guys. Sandy's cute. <laughs> Oh, the Xander crash. That was so cute. It was. Caleb is giving himself communion or he's just a wino. <laughs> I thought I, I was like, oh, no, this is a secret origin. He's drinking fruit punch. He's oh, secretly he's the master. The master. <laughs> uh, so he's not really a priest, but he used to be one. And now he just follows the first. Uh, and he reveals that he blew up the council. Mm. I skip over a lot of shit that Caleb says because the... <laughs> Not that it's badly written, just that, like, he says things that upset me. Yeah. It's okay. They're supposed to upset me. But I don't feel like yeah. honoring his words with my typing. Uh, but it's something that I was realizing was, like, so the reputation that season seven gets for having all these long-winded speeches. Mm-hmm. And we've been playing with that, with, like, keeping yeah. track of them. This is where I feel like it gets to be, one, hard to track, mm-hmm. and two, a real problem. Because I understand the character choice of having Caleb always speak in sermons. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, right? He's dressed as a preacher. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea that he's, and like, that's part of the reason why I don't yeah. write down the gist of what he says, because most of it is like, we get it. You don't mm. like women. Yeah. Fine. Just said it five times already, but he's a preacher that yeah. he's fine. He's sermonizing. They, when you add that in with speeches that already happened in the season, then it just comes, becomes a lot of monologue. Well, that's the thing is like, especially like most of his scenes, even when they're dialogue, they're basically speeches. Like yeah. we basically at this point in the episode, this is like our second speech in, and it's not even counting it, the two Buffy speeches we have yet to encounter. Right. So like, yeah. And it's, it just seems like not a bad choice. For the character, but a bad choice for the season. That's it. If we didn't have the season of speeches, if Buffy and Xander didn't have their own speeches this episode, then Caleb just constantly sermonizing would just be this 
logical character choice. Mm -hmm. It's just when you add in everyone else. And it would be a contrast to the heroes who are all about like quippy dialogue. Quippy dialogue and like togetherness and like Caleb is about like, no, there's a grand plan of killing a bunch of ladies. Um, and I'm all for that. Uh, as opposed to like, oh, let's, let's talk to each other and figure out a way to overcome adversity. When you said it, I'm all for that. It sounded like you were saying that as Mike, not Caleb. And that's me. <laughs> I was like, you I know need me. you out of my home. <laughs> what? You know? Oh, like you've never killed a woman because all women are inherently whores. Come on. My neighbors Kristen. are so terrified right now. <laughs> so Andrew's not done narrating. He's giving the potentials background on faith with a faith clip show. And I love it. Every, like, every time it's like showing another face, I'm like, oh, fucking love this chick. Yeah, that was a good, good moment too. Yeah, faith. Yeah. Uh, I love to hear the commentary. And, uh, I think it was, uh, David Fury. Uh, but, uh, the, the writer basically, uh, talking about how it was unhealthy, how he was able to just remember which episodes he wanted clips from and what the clips were. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's, Fucking awesome. So awesome that she killed a Vulcan. <gasps> no, I think she killed a Vulcanologist. Why would Faith kill someone who studies, studies Vulcans? Vulcans. <laughs> I also love the large, evil Mexican ceramic. <laughs> Buffy goes to the principal's office wearing a white shirt. <gasps> I'm going to tell you, she changes her jacket several times during this episode, but I think she keeps the same shirt on. So mm-hmm. things got confusing for me here. We're going to go with the jacket's changed, but she kept the shirt. She still wants Robin on her side, but he fires her. But it's a, a nice firing. because It's a goofy fun fire. Yeah, he, just, he wants her to focus on her war and not coming into school to mm-hmm. mentor kids, which is she's not really qualified to do anyways. Faith escapes to the basement for a smoke and some quiet, where she finds naked Spike. He needs pajama pants. He does not own pajamas or apparently underwear. At the very least, boxers. (laughs) That basement is dirty. He should wear some boxers just for cleanliness. He's not about the cleanliness, Mike. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah, boy. I don't think you're saying words now. <laughs> George, uh, so Faith and Naked Spike alone in a basement with shackles. We sure this isn't fan fiction. Do you know that this scene was put in primarily because they were thinking about doing a Faith-based spinoff with Faith and Spike? I would watch that yeah. so hard, you guys. I bet you were. <laughs> uh, so they were both bad. Mm-hmm. Now they're both good and repenty. They talk about bullwhips and naughty nurses. Are we still sure this isn't fantastic? Horny cheerleaders and who's on top? I mean, <laughs> someone. It's a horny basement. <laughs> uh, they talk about the body swap and the fact that Faith said she'd ride him at a gallop. Mm-hmm. Buffy finds them looking real cozy on Spike's mm-hmm. bed. I feel like one minute later. <laughs> I I mean, and this is like, oh yeah, now I'm remembering that like this brought back a lot of feelings of like, oh, Faith trying to seduce Angel mm-hmm. and us thinking that she did for at least an episode. 
And like, I feel like you can just see it on Buffy's face. It's like, oh, get the fuck out of that basement face. Stop trying to fuck everyone I do. Speech time. Buffy is telling the potentials about Caleb. Uh, So his whole thing is that like, I've got something of yours. And that's enough. Yep. (laughs) That's enough. Really didn't have to put in a lot of effort on this one. Nope. I mean, usually her plan would be in every other season where Mm -hmm. she falls for a trap because she always falls for the trap. Uh, would be that she'd go, I'm going alone, you stay here to stay safe. And then while she's distracted and gone, they come to the house and attack the Scoobies. That's what always happened. At least she's learned her lessons that she's like, we're all going yeah. to die in the trap. <laughs> Which really made me think this time, why does nobody have shields? Ever? Yeah. Because if, if you're going to go with the conceit of like, well, we know they're not going to use guns. You know they're going to use other, you know, like bladed weapons. Daggers, knives. Yeah. A lot of them have swords. And you know what goes real with, well with a sword? A shield. A shield. That's a good idea. Caleb is with the human equivalent of Bambi in the cellar. Speaking of, I'm so helpless and innocent and I need you to save me. I hate this. <laughs> I really hate this. Well, it is weird because it's like. Are we supposed to know who that is? Oh, uh, okay. I get it now. Yeah. So the first is playing his first murder victim, a I murder would, victim. I would. That's the feeling I got was like, this was like the initial. Yeah. And it's gross. <laughs> it's a really gross scene. Mm-hmm. I wonder how Nathan Fillion felt about playing Caleb. I feel like I would need a shower. Just like, I get there needs to be a bad guy, but I got to wash this grossness off But it was off like. Me cut that's a wrap for the day oh too bad i agree with everything this guy says (laughs) no (laughs) cut i'm so sorry you guys i didn't write i didn't write the dialogue take the scholar off (laughs) (laughs) so he slices her open it's his fantasy role play uh giles is against buffy's plan because it is clearly a trap as admiral rackball adver admin (laughs) admin bambar (laughs) the the famous ad executive Admiral Bandbar? <laughs> Take it away, Admiral Akbar. Oh, the many Bothards have died for this. Is that right? <laughs> that is clearly what I was queuing up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, was uh, spoiler alert for Last Jedi uh, a trap for uh, Admiral Akbar being in the Last Jedi? <laughs> Faith and Buffy. Buffy. God damn it. <laughs> Faith and Buffy. Faith. <laughs> Fuck. Is that man bad by <laughs> Faith and Buffy. Faith and Buffy follow a bringer to track the first, who leads them to a winery. Uh, they go back to get the girls. Rosander is telling them, go for the eyes. Everything's got eyes. Uh oh, foreshadowing. Don't talk about eyes, Xander. Amanda and. Uh, I still want to know how early on they knew they were going to do that because there's a lot of talk about eyes this season and there was a lot of eye poking and yeah I I think it's got to be like a Buster Bluth situation where they like knew a season in advance yeah uh, so Andrew and Amanda get in an adorable fight about Matthew Broderick <sighs> <laughs> I knew you were going to be so happy the second the scene happened I was like Mike is just so happy right now well and I love too because canonically that's kind of true Oh, yeah. No, I've seen... Yeah, he did not kill Godzilla. He killed a giant lizard monster. Yeah. And, like, there are Godzilla films that 
the American Godzilla features in, mm-hmm. where it is not Godzilla, but a different creature called Zilla. And it oh. dies almost immediately in like a, and there's this, I forget which Godzilla film it is. I've just seen clips from it, but it's like one of those like destroy all monsters, like a bunch of monsters fighting all over the world. Yeah. And I think in, in Australia, Zilla fights some other monster and dies almost immediately. Like one of the first deaths. Awesome. Rona says she wants protection not to fight. And Rona's not my favorite in this scene. Mm. She's kind of like, she went from being like the voice of reason and me to being like, I mean, yeah, you know, you know. I don't want to. And we get another speech. So that is five so far this episode. Uh, this is Xander's speech. She's talking about Buffy because they're they're criticizing her plan. Mm-hmm. And he says all these amazing things about Buffy. She walks in during the middle of it. Just adorable that she hears it. And Andrew cries. Aww. So they fight in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Big fight. The potential is actually... During this first wave, hold their own. Yeah, like they, they get some good licks in. Good licks. Um, find out. I think that's because the bringers were letting them get some punches in. Yeah. But Caleb shows up and says, "Well, now I have something of yours because mm-hmm. it was a trap." Ah, oh, the spice. Thank you, thank you, Admiral Apper. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Would you like any chips? I have some chips. Famous catchphrase. <laughs> I, I was just—I was going over to a friend's house, but I, I have these chips. Now you here just sound like an old man. <laughs> that's, that's basically Admiral Ackbar. He's just very excited all the time, so he seems cooler. So Caleb punches Buffy, and she flies across the room, which is a great reveal. Into yeah. those up until this point, we didn't know that he was super strong; no. just that he was a super asshole. Yeah. So this is terrifying. And the the whole the the very classic, very Buffy thing of. Uh, uh, so, so this is the Slayer. What else you got? Yeah, just it's like, ooh, oh shit. I'm not impressed. Spike gets in at least one bunch before he's knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then the bringers really let them have it. They, and Caleb too, this, you mm-hmm. know, them feeling like they were winning this first wave. Eh, not really, not really a thing. Rona's arm. Ow. Yeah. That is a compound. That is a rough mm-hmm. break. He does a lot of like arm twisty, like oh, like, like he likes causing people pain. You could tell. Oh my god! So backup comes in. Xander with the crossbow. Caleb takes out Faith and stabs Molly. Mm. Not the not the cock Australian. <laughs> Where's she from? Buffy calls a retreat, and everyone runs. Xander stays behind to help an unconscious Kennedy. Caleb grabs him and says, "You are the one who sees everything." And it's the infamous eye gouging. Good old thumb eye. Uh, 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 I see half of everything. Uh, gross. Why with the eyes? Wash your thumb. <laughs> so Caleb has another speech. This uh, time it is cut over. Yeah. Uh, shots of the hospital. And as we're seeing these poor girls that have mm-hmm. been Stabbed and beat up and arm broken and Xander's missing an eye. This asshole has the nerve to remind us all women are dirty. See, it's a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you think of this one? I think it's pretty effective. Um, it's definitely like the scariest that this season gets. Yeah. I think it definitely can get 
a little repetitive with having everyone giving speeches all the time. I do find Caleb's more effective because they are so creepy. Hmm. And I do and it's think character based because he is a preacher. Yes. And it makes sense. Um, and I also feel like it adds a more imminent feeling of danger or threat than like either the, the bringers or the Uber vamps just always seemed like putties. Like, well, yeah, the they're made problem to be with down. the first is that they, he can't touch you. So like, yeah. okay, he can whisper sweet nothings into your mm-hmm. ear and get you to kill yourself yeah. like Eve did. Right. Was it Eve or was it Chloe? Chloe, Chloe killed herself. So Eve Chloe. was the evil. Right, right. Fake one. So, but like, it's just kind of, and I get like the, in the, in a larger picture, yes, mm-hmm. the idea of the first incorporeal evil yeah. is scarier. But like, immediate threat, you can just like say things to you. Yeah. So the more immediate threat of like, this super mon- misogynistic, super strong asshole. Yeah. Ass- Serial killer with super strength. That's pretty scary. Specifically who hates women, and you are all women. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rough one. A little scarier. Yeah. And uh, what was I going to say about Caleb? Very handsome. Um, Not that haircut. I love you, Nathan Fillion. I'm sure he hated his haircut. No, but I think that is an inappropriate haircut because, like, as a pastor, you wouldn't really care. Oh, you wouldn't be Uh, super stylish. Yeah. You'd be like, you know, old, too old fashioned, which, yeah. yeah, So it works for the character, but meh. Uh, but what I was uh, trying to get get to in my own head was uh, – and the thing with the first is – and I understand a lot of this was probably just logistically too hard. But if you're going to have the first who can appear as any dead person, they really underutilize that when most of the time it's just Buffy. Yes. Yeah. And it would be a lot scarier if it was, you know, somebody they knew. Like one of the original ideas for this episode was to have Xander die and the rest of the season – the first would be mostly Xander. Ooh, that would have been rough. Yeah. I, I'm i of kind of two minds because the reason they said they didn't go with it is that they wanted the end to kind of have the core group together to like mm. after the b- big battle, like to know that they were still around and still kind of, you know, fighting uh, the fight. Uh, but part of me was also like that would have really helped the first seem more interesting and like scary when it like inhabited – one of three people who's been in every episode, save one, in the entire series, who's now dead, is now the main villain. Yeah. Oof. That's pretty cool. Um, pretty rough. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a really strong episode. Um, obviously I love Faith. Yeah. So I'm gonna be really excited when she's back, but mm-hmm. I do think she does bring something back to the series that we needed. And this is another instance of like, things are moving along. With the main plot. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, yeah, the speeches are a problem. But it's not just talking about doing stuff. There's stuff that happens. This girl gets stabbed. Faith comes to town. Mm-hmm. We meet Caleb, and he's got this whole trap. Like, there's a lot of action there. The The scene with Xander is awful and memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just an episode I always remember from the season. Yeah. And I love to... That like there's a lot of great payoff here where and we'll see it more in this in the next episode, but just like they're building up this idea that, yeah, you know, obviously Buffy's the leader and the greatest fighter, and then the Spike's a really good fighter, and then all the potentials could potentially be these great fighters, and there's Will using magic, but kind of the one keeping like the morale together has been Xander in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like and they literally talk about how he he's trying to keep this house together. 
And like, that's the thing they even like reiterate here where he's, and he's always kind of been like in the background, just kind of being like the heart of the group, not a great fighter, but he kind of like, you know, he, he, he keeps the, the group kind of light and bonded together, even if it's over like Sander. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Well, you having a crazy sex dream? Oh, that wacky Zan. <laughs> um, and to just like have it like, uh, no, he's just going to be like, you know, scarred for the rest of his life now. And he's, he's kind of out of it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense and pretty cool. But, and then you get, it's, it's a good episode. We've had two good ones this week. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I know we've been ragging a lot on season seven, but two really just like solid episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. White shirt count for this week? Uh, I want to say four? Three, if I'm correct that the, like, multiple outfits in Dirty Girls is just her changing coats. Mm, okay, yeah. So I think three. Okay, I think that's that's fair. Uh, speeches, real hard to count. because It's so hard. In the second episode, I'm going to say a conservative six. <laughs> Um, cause basically every Caleb seed is a speech. Uh, and there's his, his, his final scene at the end. Two Buffy speeches. One of them is a little short, might not be a speech. Mm. Definitely a Xander speech. So I, th- I think that adds up to, I could conservatively say six. One in the, the episode before. So seven total. See, I had four. Okay. Because some of Caleb's speeches, I was like, eh, it's not really a speech. It was very short. Okay. And I, I didn't count Buffy's short one. So I, I okay. had four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even if you're, you're saying that four and then, oh, and, but then there's Andrews. That's not a speech. Okay. I mean, it is over a montage, but it is also kind of, cause he's not recording anything that time. Uh, there's a lot of speeches. Yeah. It's inconclusive how many speeches that there are this week. That's too many speeches. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You should be able to clearly say how many speeches there are. Uh, would you be ready to perhaps make a speech in a different language by going international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirit. Ernie Dragon, das Rhein de Fleisch Canoe. Future Rifle International. So for Lies My Parents Told Me, uh, really, I don't think can improve on that title because I think it's also an awesome title. Yeah. Um, German, Mothers and Sons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll yeah. remember it's that episode. Yeah. So that's a good thing. French, a heavy past? Nope. Sure, I guess. That is heavy on him. So can like 90% of Angel episodes be called that. German uh, for Dirty Girls. I knew I was going to not be able to say it. Um, German, Caleb. You can tell which character they sure. grew to love. Um, <laughs> and French... Really don't get this one. The Army of Shadows. Uh, they were watching a different show. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> do you guys like switch over? Was it like a, an episode of Supernatural? Or, wrong channel. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they switched over to Army of Darkness. So like, uh, I think that. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. Kind of rough because there's a lot of great fighting, yes. but the sleighs themselves are kind of meh. Yeah, like they, uh, Robin and Spike does not end with a yeah. sleigh. One of the best fights of the season, I'd say for mm-hmm. sure. Nope. Faith and Spike just fight. Yeah. yeah, 
Richard, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of that fight is pretty. It's cool. funny. She her banter with him is funny, yeah. but like, yeah. So I I think I have to go with my what is a common reasoning with me. What is the most important kill? And that's got to be Spike's mom. And oh yeah, and it is a slay because she is a vampire, so it's it fits pretty nicely in there. I'm giving it to Xander. Uh, when he comes into the winery, he gets one really good thwack at a bringer. Like he comes in, yep. guns blazing, second infantry takes out one big. He just yep. sees Buffy goes down and he's like Buffy and takes out a bringer. And I like that he has that moment before a sad moment. Yeah, he deserves nice. it this week. He Aww. had a rough one. Wait, is this like one of those things where it's the Oscars? Like, well, we should have given him one for. You know, that movie two years ago. So I'm going to give him the best picture this year. <laughs> I, I mean, no. Okay. I'm going to give it to Xander. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter at Sunnydale Stacks or send us an email at SunnydaleStacks at gmail.com to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember?, And join us next time when we dust off empty places and touched when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks.